Isn't it good to be back together like this? It's so good. There is no place, there's no church in the world like Beacon Church. I am convinced of it. Hope you had a good summer. I hope, uh, hope those of you who had uh, children at home, the children didn't drive you mad and uh, you still have your sanity intact. How many of you parents are so glad schools are opening? I think, man, yeah. <laughs> some of you just can't wait. Um, but we're, we're grateful uh, that uh, those of you went on holiday and traveled to see family. Glad that uh, you're all back. Some, some of us are still traveling away. Can I encourage those of you who are visiting with us, if this is your first time with us, or if you are new to our community, I would love it if you could take a moment to scan the QR codes at the back of the seats in front of you. And also, if you're able to stop by our welcome booths, which are at the back of the auditorium on the way back, on your way out, uh, we would really appreciate that. We have a gift for you. We'd love to get to know you, uh, get, take your details, if that's okay with you, and uh, stay connected and stay in touch. Um, there is no youth service, no kids service today because it's our festival Sunday, uh, but Crash is available if you are a parent here and you have a child between the ages of zero to 24 months. Uh, there's crush available through the door on my left. If you head that way, there is a crush available. There is, I believe, a live streaming link there as well. So if you are able to follow what's going on here in the auditorium through the crush. If you are a parent and you are going through to the crush, the crush today is not staffed or manned. So you'd have to stay with, the, with your children, please, in the crush. That will be wonderful. Lots of fun and food and enjoyment for us um, later on. Can I encourage you, if you are here and you're staying back for Festival Sunday, or even if it's just our worship this morning, will you uh, take photos, videos, if you can, on your phone, and uh, tag us on social media at UK, and we'd love to repost some of the content so that more and more people are aware of our exciting community here in Barry St. Edmunds. We would love for more people to be part of this amazing opportunity to know Jesus and love Jesus. How many of you are so aware that almost every day on the news you are hearing about the cost of living crisis, the inflation, um, people just uh, lining up for food banks? It really is difficult times that we live in. And that's why in the month of September, we want to focus on the goodness of God and the blessing of God. Let me say a few words um, concerning uh, other things before I speak about the blessing of God. Number one, the Bible is for all of us working hard. We are not saying that we don't work hard and because God blesses us, we can all quit our jobs and stay home. That's not what we're saying. Number two, the Bible is for us saving and investing. In fact, the Bible even tells us that we should learn from ants who gather and store food and so the Bible is all for principles of saving and investing and working hard. Uh, the Bible is for upskilling and uh, um, doing whatever it can to promote your career because the Spirit of God is also known as the Spirit of Excellence. You see many times in the Bible that God gave people an excellent spirit so that they could uh, stand out in their respective fields of work. And so if you're thinking of upskilling, the Bible is not against that. So today I want to talk about the blessing of God. But please, does, that does not mean I'm against upskilling or education or aiming for 
a good career in whatever field God has called you, to work hard, to make savings, to make investments. I just want to make it crystal clear right at the beginning because I don't want anyone to walk out and say, hey, the pastor spoke about the blessing of God. Can't wait to quit my job on Monday. Uh, Tomorrow is a good day to hand in my resignation because God's got my back. That is not what we're saying. What we are saying is this. No matter how difficult the circumstances get, the blessing of God is on those who put their trust in Jesus. And I don't know how, but God always makes a way. God always makes a way. God doesn't need the circumstances to be perfect for the blessing of God to be on us. And he is in, he's in, a, he's in, a, he's in a moment where I believe it's especially in moments like this that the church of Jesus Christ gets to shine brighter and brighter. What is the point of light if there's no darkness? What is the point of soap if there's no dirt? What is the point of a compass, a compass if people are not really lost? And the Bible uh, has full of life And the church is full of life that will bring light in the darkness, that will bring cleansing in dirt, that will bring direction where people are lost. Here's my, uh, my last comment on this. The Bible is not against hard work. The Bible is not against um, saving. The Bible is not against investment. The Bible is not against the spirit of excellence, all of that. But we're going to talk about the blessing of God. Other than the blessing of God, I also want to briefly touch on something else, and that is the miracles of God. Um, I've been in prayer for the month of September, and uh, as is my custom and my practice, I often pray with apostolic and prophetic voices that uh, God, I feel, has lined up for our church to give us guidance and prayer in the next season. And uh, I've been amazed at some of the prophecies that God has been releasing over our church. So I don't know who these words are for. I'm just going to release it, and some of you just need to grab it. I believe in this season, God is going to give us miraculous provision. Doors of settlement. This is the second prophetic word I got. That some people that are waiting on inheritance settlements that you did not even know was there. Inheritance settlements that have been disputed are going to be settled in our community. People are going to get promotions and new jobs. God is going to do miracles that we, we, we don't even know was coming. I truly believe that we are going to go into that season. So let's be open. Let's be expectant. Let's be a community that will come out of this inflation, this cost of living crisis and say, hey man, times were tough, but you will not believe what God did for me, for my life, in my life. Hey, let's take a, a moment to make this crystal clear. Even if today God does not come through and break open our doors and put a million pounds in our living room even if that were never to happen it doesn't change the fact that he is worthy of our praise and our worship and our thanksgiving even when we feel ill he is still healing even when we are broke he is still provision even when we feel lost he is still our savior and his name has to be praised regardless of how we feel or what we experience so even before we go through the month of september For one more moment, come on, Beacon Church, let's raise a shout of praise to Jesus Christ, who is worthy of all the thanksgiving, all the praise, and all the adoration. He is our provision, He is our healing, He is our blessing, He is our all in all. Today, Father, we praise you. Even before we see the miracle, we say you are enough. Even before we see the provision, we say you are enough. Even before we see the open doors, we say you are enough. 
You are our blessing and our provision. And today, hear these praises from a grateful heart to say that, Lord, you are worthy of all of our praise. Amen. One of the things I'd love for us as a community to do is if we can learn two verses by heart. I had three times different people ring me and say, this has to be the focus for the month of September. One of the things that I do and my privilege of leading or pastoring a church to always remember and that God is speaking and just have my ears open to what is it that God is saying to the church at this time. So if we can have those verses, you, you saw it earlier on the, on the trailer for what we're going to do. In, in September. And uh, I believe there is power in public reading of scripture. So I wonder if we can all read this loud together. Uh, it's up on the screen. If we can, that would be great. At the count of three. One, two, three. Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Touch two people, give them a high five and say, I am not anxious in my year of drought. Come on, tell them. I am not anxious in my year of drought. Not anxious. The droughts may come, but we're not anxious. The droughts may come, but we're not anxious. One of the things I have the privilege of doing is, uh, is meeting lots of people in my work here at Beacon Church, but it's also in my travels elsewhere when meeting other churches and business leaders. And it's been my observation that I have met people who hardly have anything and they are wondering where their next meal's coming from. I have met people who don't have a roof over their head. I've been in homes that are perhaps two meters by two meters and that's the entire house, the living room, the bedroom, everything contained in that one house with just a leaf uh, or some leaves as a ceiling. And uh, if it doesn't rain, that's great. If it rains, that's not really a ceiling at all. I've also met lots of millionaires. I've met some multi-millionaires and some of the people in this church that have traveled with me have seen some of those people in my world. And this has been my observation. People who have much and people who have little, neither of them are exempt from anxiety. There are some people who have very little and they're very anxious about how it's going to turn out. There are some people who have very little and they're not anxious at all. They have such confidence, such trust, such balance, such security that God is going to come through. And I've also met people who have plenty and they're so anxious. They have plenty and they have a good job and multiple business interests and there's lots of income coming in, but they're anxious. What if the investments go wrong? What if we don't have enough? What if my business partner cheats on me? What if all these things that I thought was going to happen is not going to happen? What if the lenders don't come through? What if the interest rates go up and there's anxiety? I've also met people who have lots of money who have such security, such peace, such generosity. They give more than what they can even make sometimes, knowing that God will provide. Here is why it is important for us to talk about this topic. Not just because God, is, God isn't opposed to hard work or skilling or the spirit of excellence. Here is why. Whatever you are afraid of, you will attract. Whatever you're afraid of, 
you will attract. So if you're always fearing something's bad's going to happen to me, something bad's going to happen to me, something bad's going to happen to me. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how this is going to happen. And you're living with anxiety. I don't want you to feel any shame, any condemnation or any pressure this morning, but I want to give you some good news. God is good and God is good to you. And we have to live in a place where we are free from anxiety, knowing that in our times of drought, in our year of drought, we will not be anxious, but we will still bear fruit. That we will not fear when heat comes. Especially in a world where the, the news is full of how high the inflation is this month and how many people are lining up for food banks this month and, and how many people have gone without last week and how the gas prices are going up and what the gas prices might be in January and February. All of those things are facts. But I want to encourage you, Beacon Church, and know this. Verse 8, Jeremiah 17. We will not fear when heat comes. Our leaves remain green. And we will not be anxious in our year of drought because we will not cease to bear fruit. If you believe that, give Jesus a praise offering this morning. Say, that is my story. That is my faith. That is my expectation. I will not fear. So I want to read a story from the Bible. It was the first miracle that Jesus did. It's found in John chapter 2. And I want to share a few truths from there today. And then we're going to close in prayer and open this place up to make a bouncy castle or whatever it is. I personally, I'm just looking forward to the food trucks. I don't know about you, but that's where I'll be heading. This is what the Bible says. John chapter 12, please, not John chapter 1. John chapter 12, starting from verse 1. If we can go there, that will be wonderful. John chapter 12, starting from verse 1. It says this, six days before Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was. Um, Sorry, did I say John chapter 2? John chapter (laughs) 2. I've got it wrong here. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Let me double check my notes just to make sure I've got it right and I'm saying the right. Yeah, John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. Now when the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Today we pray that you will speak to our hearts. And in this time of insecurity and instability 
and heat and drought, we confess you are good. Today we command in Jesus' name that our church, our community, will go through times of incredible provision for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Here are some truths I'd like for you to be aware of. Number one, there is something in the Bible or theologians, people who study the Bible, called as the law of first mention. And what that basically means is when you read the Bible, anytime something happens for the first time, they say it shows us certain things that we need to take note of. And the Bible says that this was the very first miracle that Jesus did. Now think about it for a moment. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years before this wedding, it's not John chapter 1 verse 1, if we can remove that from the screen, that would be great. It was thousands and thousands and thousands of years before this wedding happened. It was prophesied that Jesus would come, that he would be the savior of the world, that he would be sent to die for the sins of the entire mankind. And after thousands and thousands of years of prophecy and the time of Adam and Eve and the children and Moses and Abraham and the kings and the judges and the prophets. And you go through Malachi and 400 years of silence and eventually Mary is pregnant by the incredible miracle of the Holy Spirit and she gave birth to a son. He's called Jesus and he grows up at the age of 12. He makes a trip to the temple and he then gets a job as a carpenter and he goes and grows up to the age of about 30 and starts his ministry. And after such a long wait, Jesus, the savior of the world that takes away the sins of the world is introduced. And the first miracle Jesus does is not the forgiveness of sin, it's the making of wine. Don't you think that's a bit odd? Don't you think it looks like he's got his priorities wrong? Don't you think like he should have started maybe at a different place? Here's the first truth I want you to know. God is concerned about what concerns you. God is concerned about what concerns you. And people who are religious, and if you've been brought up in religion... You've been taught this verse maybe in Christian religion. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And maybe that has put pressure on you to think that, man, I got to look after the big things. God is interested about Bible translation and he's interested about missionaries and he's interested about solving the Russia-Ukraine crisis and he's interested in solving the inflation at the moment. Hey, he's interested... If there's wine that's running out at your wedding. He's interested. He's concerned for the things that concern you. In the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, you might think, man, this is such a small issue. Surely, this is nothing God can do. Hey, I want to speak to some children that are going back to school this term. Uh, uh, students that are going back to colleges or universities, God is interested about your homework. 
God is interested in helping you do well in your next test. God is interested in helping you with your assignments. Parents who are struggling to help their children with homework. God is interested in you being a great parent. No matter who you are in this room today... I want us to remember this as we are hearing news about inflation and a cost of living crisis. I want you to know this. God is interested about your gas bill. He's interested about your electricity bill. He's interested about your breakfast. He's interested about your lunch. He's interested about your dinner. He's interested about your holiday. He's interested about your well-being. He's interested about your children. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Of all the places Jesus had to start, the miracle that he first chose to perform wasn't worship or the forgiveness of sin, was the meeting of a need at a wedding. If it matters to you, it matters to God. So if you're here today and you are carrying a burden, a weight, an anxiety, wondering how it's all going to work out, Start in this place. It matters to God. Why do you need to know that? You need to know that because if you think you are responsible for you and you are bearing the weight of everything that concerns your life, you will get anxious, you will get fearful, you will get stressed, you will get worried, and that will attract all sorts of other baggage that you don't want to handle for the rest of your life. Decide today that your mind and your heart will be renewed to live in a place of rest. And this week, I want you to go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, remembering this truth. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Secondly, not only does it matter to God, but God is not panicked by it. When the the need is presented to Jesus and says, hey, they've run out of wine. He's not going, oh no, what are we going to do? Who, who was in charge of catering? Why didn't they cater properly? I mean, maybe they catered properly, but the Bible says they were all drunk. So maybe they had one too many. Who knows? Jesus is not doing a post-mortem of why the lack existed in the first place. He's just calm and cool and collected about this. I want you to know this today. God is not panicking about the cost of living crisis. God is not panicking about the inflation. God is not panicking about your bill. God is not panicking about your budget. God is not panicking about how you are going to make it through. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Not only that, He is not panicking. You see, our confidence is that God is confident. Our strength is that God is strong. Our identity is that God is secure. Our surety about the future is that God is able. You see, every time you think about your own desire, your own plan, your own ability, your own budget, your own, your own world, and you say, how on earth am I going to provide all this wine for these guests that have turned up? Every time you look inward, it causes again the same thing, stress and worry and confusion and fear. And that brings with it baggage that you will be dealing with for years to come. 
Today, Beacon Church, I'd love for us to refocus our attention and say with confidence, I don't know, but God knows. I don't feel able, but God is able. I feel weak, but God is strong. I may not know the way, but He knows the way. I may not see clearly, but He knows my next 10 steps, even if I know my next 10 steps. He knows my next year, and He knows my year after that. There is nothing about my future that my God does not know. Not only does it matter to God, but He's not panicking. About it, he's not panicking about it. He is able, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. But what am I going to do this week? He's able, focus on him. Where am I going to get the strength to face that bill? He's able. You need to renew your heart, renew your mind, not to live in a place of anxiety and fear. Remember our verse for September we are not anxious in the year of drought, and we will not fear when heat comes. We're not anxious in the year of drought, and we will not fear when heat comes. So let the heat get turned up as much as it wants to. Let the drought get drier drier and drier, but we will continue to bear fruit. I don't know how it's going to happen, but you as a community, we as a community, we will come through this. We will get through this. We will look back at 2022, and years to come, we will tell our friends, our children, our grandchildren, our community, you have no idea idea how we came through that because we thought we wouldn't make it but God had a way he made a way he made provision he had a plan and when we look to his ability and his strength he brought us through here's the last truth I'd like you to focus on the first one if it matters to you it matters to God secondly he is not panicking he's able he's not panicking he's able thirdly God knows how to lead you specifically. Specifically. Isn't it amazing that um, one of the things um, my son loves when he watches TV is he, he loves watching, um, watching shows or films or TV shows where people have superpowers. I mean, any, like, um, I don't watch, it doesn't really interest me because... Um, if I'm watching TV, I want to I want to I want to watch something that, that's got crime in it or like somebody who's a serial killer going to kill somebody else. That's my genre of film. Um, my wife thinks there's something wrong with me, but that's what I enjoy. But there's some people who enjoy like the Marvel series and the and and you know, you know what I'm talking about. People who have superpowers, you know. I, if I was Jesus, right? And I discovered I had the superpower of making water into wine. Man, I'll be doing that every day. I mean, this is such a cool power to have. I mean, I'd just be doing it, setting up a business and selling it. Apparently, it's the best wine anybody's ever drunk. But you never see Jesus repeat that miracle. Never. I mean, why didn't he pull that superpower out every now and then? I mean, at least once a year. I mean, I'm not saying every day. Jesus could have like once a year. Guys, you want to do that? You want me to do that thing that I did the other day? Like um, when we were in Capernaum, you remember that wedding? Oh man, that was such a cool trick. You want me to show you that? You'd never see it happen ever again. Why is that? Because for every person, there is a specific plan and a purpose. And God is going to lead you specifically. And it's not going to look like how he's going to lead the next person. So you can't sit there and compare and go, hey, look at them. God came through because they had an inheritance settlement. Good for them. All my relatives are poor. What do I do? Good for them. 
They've got great degrees, so they got a promotion. I didn't. What am I going to do? Good for them. People know them and they have lots of friends. And so whenever they're in need, people help them out. I don't know anybody. I'm lonely. And when I'm in need, I don't tell anybody. What is it going to be for me? You see, I want you to know that he knows you. He knows how you act. He knows how you tick. He knows how you think. He knows what your needs are. And there is a tailor-made way for you that God is going to make a way for you. That's why sometimes we can't try and figure it out. I mean, who knew that God's plan when wine gave out at a wedding was to go to some Jewish purification jars, six of them, each holding 20 or 30 gallons, telling them to fill them with water and the water miraculously becomes wine. Who knew that was the plan? You could have never guessed it. There's no reference point for that. He never did that miracle before and he never did that miracle since. Why? Because God's ways are unique. His ways are specific and there is a specific way God is going to take you. And some of the disappointment that happens in the church is because you preempt God and you think you know exactly what God's going to do. You think, oh, I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to do this and he's going to speak to them and then I'm going to have this and by this date and by this time I'm going to have this and people will do this and it's all going to work out and how many of you have discovered that by now you have to stop planning your life with such absoluteness because there's always a margin of mystery where things don't work out the way you thought it was going to work out I want you to know God knows you he hears you he understands you and by the time this cost of living crisis is over by the time this inflation is over by the time we come to the other side of the season here is my prophecy for beacon church you will have a tailor-made miracle for your own life a tailor-made miracle for your own life a tailor-made miracle for your own life it won't have a reference point it might not have ever been done before and it might not get ever done again but god is going to make sure that there is a tailor-made miracle for your life and i want you to know god is up to something in your life he's up to something he's up to something he's up to something Something. He's up to something. You may not feel it. You might look at him and say, why isn't he bringing wine? And all you can see is he's just pouring some water into a jug. But I want to tell you, he's up to something. And something is about to happen in your life. Something is about to happen in our community. Something is about to happen in your future. And it is not bad news. It is good news. And we will not fear in our season of heat. And we will not be anxious in our year of drought. Because our trust is in the Lord. And there will be a tailor-made miracle that we will testify off by the time this is over by the time this is over we will see it we'll see it so three things for us to focus on to calm our hearts to calm our anxiety to calm our fears if you're here today and you've been just overwhelmed by what you've been seeing on the news on social media stories of people perhaps in your own life you think man it's gloom it's bleak The government have got it wrong. The policies are wrong. The politicians have messed it up. I don't care what the reason for the drought is, how hot the heat is, but our trust is in the Lord. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. God's not panicking. He has a plan. And thirdly, there's a tailor-made miracle waiting for you. Let these thoughts calm any fear, any anxiety, any insecurity you may have. And will you for a moment put your trust 
in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, those of you who have been putting your trust in Jesus, I made up my mind as we went into this season that I am going to do everything to put my trust. I'm not going to hold back on my giving, on my tithing, on my offering, on my faith offering, because this is exactly what the devil want me to do. Live in fear, live in anxiety, live in caution. It was easy to trust God when everything was well. And you think, now, how is it that I'm going to trust God? No. If it matters to me, it matters to God. He has a plan and he's not panicking. And there is a tailor-made way that God is going to create for each one of us. Today, will you trust God? Will you trust God with your house? Will you trust God with your mortgage payments? Will you trust God with your future, with your pensions? Will you trust God with your plans? Will you trust God with your tithes? Will you trust God with your offerings? Those of you who have never contributed or participated in our faith offering, we've got that window till the end of September. Why don't you step out and do it? Especially if you're feeling anxious or afraid. That's the one area you have to attack because whatever you're afraid, you will attract. Fear and faith are both self-fulfilling prophecies. For a moment of concentration and privacy, will you close your eyes if you want to? Lift your hands if you want to. If you don't want to do any of that, that's okay too. But today, I want to speak over your life. Listen to me. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. God has a plan. He is not panicking. God has a plan. He is not panicking. God has a plan. He's not panicking. And that plan is purpose-built for you. It won't be like another person. It won't be like how you went through the last season. It's purpose-built for you for this season. Will you put your trust in Him this morning? Some of you verbalize that and say, God, I trust you. I trust you in my time of heat. I will not be afraid. I will trust you that I will not be anxious in my year of drought. Today, make a choice. You can blame everything and everybody or you can decide to trust God. Here's what you want to ask yourself. Did the blaming get you anywhere? Is the blaming helping? If it's not helping, why don't you try trusting? Is the stressing helping? Is the worrying helping? If it's not helping, try trusting. Father, today we trust you. We trust you in our year of drought. We trust you when the heat comes. We will not be afraid. We will not be anxious. And we will bear fruit. It will be our testimony as Beacon Church. For every person that considers themselves part of of this community that you've made a way where there was no way lift your hands for a blessing may God bless you with surprises this month may God bless you with abundance this season may some of you know what it means to enter the year of jubilee where debts are cancelled supernaturally may God bless you with promotions and a spirit of excellence to do well at work. 
May God bless you with entrepreneurial ideas to make wealth for yourself and for generational wealth to be created. May you know well in your heart that if it matters to you, it matters to God. May you know with clarity that he has a plan and he is not panicking. And may you know with confidence that God has purpose and purpose-built plan to bring you through. In the name of Jesus, I declare over Beacon Church, we're in a season of miracles. We're in a season of testimonies. We're in a season of the open door. We're in a season of favor. We're season open doors. We're season of opportunity. We will not worry about the wine that runs dry. We will believe in the miraculous working God who always comes through. You always have a plan and we trust you today. We look to you today. Our focus is on you today. And so we thank you in advance for every miracle, for every story, for every testimony that we are going to receive this season. Throughout this month, miracles break out now. Provision break out now. Doors open now. Money come forth now. We call wealth from the north, the south, the east, west. Manifest now in the name of Jesus. Tax breaks, tax returns that have been forgotten. We call it all in the name of Jesus. The blessing of God makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. We command the blessing of God upon this church because our focus and our trust is in you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. For our trust is in you. And we choose to bring our tithes. We choose to bring our offering. We choose to participate in the faith offering. Not because of anxiety or fear. But our trust is in you. We will fight the anxiety and the fear in our hearts. With everything that we've got. Because we want to trust you and trust you completely. We thank you in advance for all the miracles that are on our way. For the help that's on the way. For the testimonies that are on the way. For the amazing surprises that are on the way. For everything that you do. Because you do all things well. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on. Give praise to Jesus for every miracle. Every blessing. Every good thing that is coming our way. Promotions. Blessings. Tax returns. New jobs. Come on. Let us believe that in our year of drought we will still bear fruit. In our year of heat. We will not be afraid or anxious. There's one more thing we want to pray for tomorrow. Pastor Peter, who's the associate pastor here at Beacon Church, goes in for an operation on his hernia. He hasn't been well for quite a few months. Will you lift your hands? We're going to pray that God's healing will be upon him, that the operation will go well, that the surgery will go well, that everything will be beautiful. Father, in the name of Jesus. We commit Pastor Peter right now. Come on, all of us, open our mouths and declare. The Bible says life and death is in the power of our tongue. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release life now to Pastor Peter. We command the operation tomorrow to go well. We command the procedure to be great. We command his healing and his post-operation recovery to be quick and that he will be healed from head to toe, revitalized with life and energy and strength and vitality, healing to his bones, his blood, his skin, his tissue, his organs that he will rise again and minister again and lead again his family and this church. We command that to be true in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've got to pray one last prayer and this is for those who have never made a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you are here today 
and you've never made made a decision to trust Jesus, today is a great day to say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus loves you and he died in your place. The blood of Jesus was shed on a cross. He was buried and he's risen again. The Bible says if you will believe in your heart that Jesus died and if you will confess with your mouth that he was raised from the dead, then you will be rescued from an old life and brought into a new life. You will be called a child of God. You will have a brand new identity. You don't need to understand to trust, but there'll be something in your heart that says, this is true, Jesus, I want to trust you. If you are here today and you would like to give your life to Jesus, I'd say today would be a great day to do that. Why don't you take a moment right now to respond to that? I'm going to lead you in a very, very simple prayer. Many people who are followers of Jesus Christ in this room will also repeat that prayer after me so that you don't feel that you are on your own. So if that's you, I'd love for you to make the decision today. Say, Jesus, today I decide to trust you. Maybe you've been to church many years ago. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in church and you've walked away from God and it's felt like you've walked away from the presence of God. But you want to make a decision to say, you know what, I want to take this a bit more seriously. I want to give my life to Jesus and trust him and follow him. If that's you, I want to pray for you. If there's anybody like that for a moment of concentration and privacy, I'd love for us to just close our eyes so that we can do this moment. If there's anybody says, I'd like to put my trust in Jesus, include me in that prayer. Will you just quickly slip your hand up and put it down? I'd love to know who I'm praying for. Anybody that says, that's me. I'd love prayer just to say, I want to put my trust in Jesus Christ. That's me. I'll put my faith in Christ Jesus. Somebody that says, I believe in Jesus and I want to put my trust in him. Include me in that prayer. If not, we'll make that prayer if you want to make that in your heart anyway. Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again. I give you my life and I receive yours. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm your child and I have a brand new identity. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, I'd love for you to connect with us. Please don't do this journey on your own, either through the website or our welcome booths at the back. I'd love for us, you to let us know and we'll help you take the next steps and stand with you as you explore this journey with Jesus Christ. Once again, if you are a visitor with us, please, 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 will you Leave your details with us, connect with us, scan the QR codes in the seats or stop by at the welcome booth. We have an amazing afternoon of food trucks and fun and bouncy castles and face painting. I don't know what else. We've got some instructions on clearing this room concerning the bouncy castle. So Paul, over to you if you can come and make that announcement. Thanks. Right, here's your chance to participate and see a miracle. We're now going to have a miraculous transformation of the auditorium. And what we need for you to do on that is simply to just vacate the auditorium and move through the middle door where Mark is stood. And then we can get everything done in record time. So, God bless. And can I just ask you all to vacate your seats and move through into the lobby area.